the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back and happy November 4th, 2020. About last night, there are some institutions that have lost all my respect and frankly should lose others' respect too. I'll start with the pollsters. Blue wave. Big numbers for Joe Biden. If Trump wins, it would be against every statistic. Only the last one was true because their statistics were wrong. All very wrong. I don't know if it was deliberate, arrogance, wishful, but it wasn't science. Pollsters should be seen here on out as worse than the biased media. At least the media makes no effort to pretend to be fair. Which gets me to the media. They may think they are attempting fairness, but their view of fairness is to report only on one political party's view. They do not think Republicans are generally legitimate, so they don't care very much about attempting to cover news responsive to Republican voters or be accurate about Republican leaders or officials. I recall once Tim Russert spoke about being a little too rough, a little too unfair, quote unquote, on David Duke in an interview circa 1992. He then said, quote, but if you're going to lose a little of your objectivity, doing it with a Nazi is probably forgivable, close quote. He's not wrong on that point. The problem is nearly all of Russert's profession now thinks we're all in that same category. Last night was not a repudiation of Donald Trump. It was predicted. It didn't happen. Last night was not the repudiation of the party all the never Trumpers said would be the great cleansing. We did not pay a price for supporting Donald Trump. There was no great loss to make us reassess and Regroup. The only Augean stables that were cleansed were the Lincoln Group type never Trumpers. Quite the opposite of all they said, said, predicted, wished for was true. We gained seats in the House of Representatives and our Senate losses were, as of this writing, one seat. Perhaps the best news of last night is that Chuck Schumer will not be the majority leader of the Senate. This was not a repudiation of the party or the party of Trump. This election at the legislative level was a net gain. So let's get to the Super Bowl. We Republicans hadn't won Pennsylvania for over 20 years until Donald Trump. Today, with 80 percent of the vote in, he's up by six points. Until Donald Trump, we hadn't won Michigan in even longer. Today, with over 90 percent of the vote in, Donald Trump is within one point of Joe Biden in Michigan. We were told we may have to say goodbye to Texas. Everyone was wringing their hands over Texas. Absurd. People fell for it. The media fell for it. Democrats wasted travel time and money there. We kept it by at least six points. If we take Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia, and I assume we take Alaska, we are within three points from 270, the number of electoral votes for victory. Now add Arizona or and Nevada, where we are within one point of winning. 
repudiation of Trump? Even with major states not fully counted, Donald Trump has already won four million more votes than four years ago. Donald Trump the racist? He improved his support from African-American voters by 50 percent. That likely will improve as other states come in. Donald Trump the racist. He improved his vote with Hispanic Americans by nearly 15 percent, and they will improve as other states come in. Donald Trump the anti-Semite? He improved his vote with Jewish voters by 30 percent. There were complaints about what Donald Trump said last night. Why? Why? Joe Biden spoke first, and it wasn't to concede. That's usually why and when presidential candidates speak first. It was an encouragement to fight, and he announced a prospective victory. He said, quote, keep the faith, guys. We're going to win this, close quote. That's a strong statement. You combine that with what Nancy Pelosi has been saying and James Clyburn has been saying, namely that the only way Joe Biden loses is through fraud. And I have no tolerance or patience for critiques of what Donald Trump said last night. Nobody conceded. Fraud was planted in the air, and Joe Biden declared prospective victory. All before Donald Trump spoke. Aristotle put it that the character of the people can be shaped by the character of their leader. Now consider what happens when the media thinks they are our leaders. And they do. And arrogance, admixed with their arrested development, is beyond remarkable. Explaining, I think, much of what we see on our streets and in our social media and most certainly in our high schools and colleges. Here's a tweet from a New York Times reporter last night before he deleted it. Quote, the role of declaring the winner of a presidential election in the U.S. falls to the news media. The broadcast networks and cable news outlets have vowed to be prudent. Close quote. Maybe they need to check their civics curriculum and look up the definition of the word prudent while they're at it. As Professor Stephen Hayward reminds, needless to say, it's not up to the news media to declare the winner of a presidential election. Let's talk about the infantilism I mentioned. Kyle Smith was on the case. He writes, we used to have Tim Russerts and other adults. Now we have children. I refer, I refer you to the news channel Kuma ongoing therapy session known as MSNBC. All night long, the hosts made smiley little jokes, teeth gritted and eyes wild about their need to self-medicate. After 1 a.m., Brian Williams introduced former Obama flack Robert Gibbs with the words, quote, wondering how much closer he is to his liquor cabinet. I half expected Brian to open up a six pack of PB, PBR on the air. Nicole, Nicole Wallace and Joy Reid giggled and chattled about meditation apps while telling each other, you breathe in, you breathe out. Remember when folks like David Brinkley and Walter Cronkite were renowned for their ability to maintain their composure? The day President Kennedy was assassinated, all Cronkite did was take off his glasses and rub his eyes a little as he dryly recited the facts. Last night, MSNBC's hyperventilating hosts had former Bill Clinton Swami James Carville on for a chat and immediately asked him what kind of whiskey he intended to guzzle. Quote, put away the razor blades and put the Ambien back in the cabinet. We're going to be fine, Carville said, citing unnamed Quants, who told him Joe Biden would pull out the victory. Quants? Are those anything like pollsters? I.e., the people told us Joe Biden was going to cruise to victory with 350 or so electoral votes? 
Carville concluded his segment by holding up a gigantic bottle of champagne and promising us he was indeed going to drink it, but maybe not till the end of the week. <clears throat> As Jake Tapper memorably put it on CNN last night, you can't get high on your own supply. That supply was the media polling complex, an echo chamber in which professional Democrats and their friends who ruled the culture kept singing chorus after chorus of We Are the Champions before the game even started. Pollsters who have to dial four or five or even ten people just to get one person to answer their questions have to do a lot of guesswork when it comes to the matter of who is actually going to show up at the polling places, though they call their guesswork science. Nobody better ask these guys to fly a plane with their record a flight to London would have a 47% chance of winding up in Greenland. An hour or so after Wallace darkly warned viewers that Trump might bring in a shadowy cabal of co-conspirators known as lawyers to try to sort out the mess in Pennsylvania in his favor, everybody on MSNBC suddenly remembered that Democrats can also hire lawyers. This tends to undercut the usual argument that Trump has turned the U.S. into 1930s Germany. We got to support our lawyers out there. We got to get some fine attorneys, Carville vowed. You don't say. Still, Republican turncoat and MSNBC guest Michael Steele could scarcely believe members of his party might be unwilling to let the Democrats massage ballots to their liking. Quote, they've lined the lawyers to go up and attack the process, close quote, Steele said, using, quote, whatever tactics they can take, close quote. Sorry, Dems, but there are laws governing which ballots qualify and which don't. Count every vote? Nope. Count every lawful vote? Or is it yet another example of Trump's fascism that he plans to bring in lawyers to make sure the law is being followed? Those are your adults and your prudent adults right now. So what do we expect from the non-professionals and non-experts or college kids and 20 and 30-somethings on the streets or burning the streets? One other thought as we go forward, I've argued for about eight months, or I should say answered for about eight months the question, when will COVID be over, with the answer November 4th, regardless of the winner of the election. I think I was right. You started this yesterday, or you started to see this yesterday, when the CDC put guidelines out that even if you have COVID, it's okay to go out and vote, even if you have the virus. That has changed the world and shuttered businesses, nonprofits, schools, disrupted families, AA meetings, prayer gatherings. Even if you have that vicious disease, never mind worrying about spreading it, go out and vote. Okay, that was the predicate. Well, I apologize, no. The predicate was actually Donald Trump as president. The affirmation of the predicate was the virus didn't matter if protesting or rioting from the left we're engaged in, and certainly no worries of spreading it if voting is in question. The virus knows how not to transmit in those cases. And I suspect, as I've said, it will wither away as a sorry, quiet peace now. The true withering away I'm worried about most today is that which Frederick Engels called the withering away of the state. The communist notion, as he put it, that Quote, the government of persons is replaced by the administration of things and the direction of the processes of production, close quote. Lenin, Vladimir Lenin, supplemented that notion by arguing that such can only come after a suppression of dissent of the bourgeoisie. Keep that in mind, suppression of dissent. 
for all our supposed authoritarianism, it is some kind of authoritarianism we project, isn't it, by fighting for the free speech rights of all. For all their supposed progressivism and enlightenment on the other side, it is some kind of progress and light our political opponents project by trying to suppress free speech, all the while calling us the worst names along the way, isn't it? Pull your socks up, roll up your sleeves, stay positive, remain optimistic. I am. In the meantime, just remember how everyone said they'd prefer the Senate to the presidency for the last two months. Well, we got that. And I still think we get the presidency. Certainly the unpopularity of and massive objections to Donald Trump's and Republicans is nowhere. It's just not the case. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. There's a lot of questions going on about Arizona right now um, and the election, and uh, we've got some um, great people lined up to help answer some of that and talk to about that. Debbie Lesko is going to join us. Former uh, State Chairman Robert Graham is going to join us, and uh, political consultant uh, Constantine Quirard will join us. Happy to take your calls I know that, uh, you know, I was talking to some friends on the East Coast. I know that uh, I'm supposed to be down. I'm supposed to be wringing my hands. I'll tell you what I'm wringing my hands over and down about. I'm down about that we seem to act as a country other than the country that we are. I'm down about the fact that we can't do the one job people seemingly point to us as an example, an exemplar of freedom, which is the right to vote. And it's not just the right to vote. It's the right to know what the vote result is. I'm disappointed and I wring my hands over this notion that you go to bed at 11 on election night because you're kind of excited or maybe 12 because you're interested. Maybe you stay up even a little later and you go to bed and you realize, okay, there could be a few questions going on here. There's a few, you know, outliers that haven't been fully resolved. And you wake up where either nothing has changed or everything has changed. Where there's no firmity. No firmness, no certainty. As if it's the first year after the Soviet Union collapsed or the first year after any communist country imploded. It's a really upsetting thing. It sets my teeth on edge. I think it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing for the states that can't get this right. I really do. And frankly, I think it's embarrassing for the media. I think Fox is going to be embarrassed. I think Fox is also going to lose a lot of Republican viewers over the ridiculousness of last night. 
uh, did you watch their coverage, Bill? Whose coverage did you watch? I was watching Fox's coverage, and it was terrible. It was terrible. And their self-justification over some of the way they called the states when they called them, it just, it was, it was embarrassing for Fox, I thought. Embarrassing for Fox. When CNN's count is more sober than Fox's count, and you're a Republican looking at these things, maybe it's time to take a look at what the reason Fox was created for. I didn't have access to Newsmax TV, but I heard a lot of my friends were telling me it was doing a great job, a really clear and sober job. And I hate this what-if game that we're supposed to be able to follow where I said John King started this on CNN years ago and it got done last night a lot. And I think Bill Hemmer is one of the better people at Fox. But if you're just filling time, it, it, it's really it, – I, I don't know what, what good it does. There's a simple what-if game left for us right now. Right now. And it's this. I don't know how Donald Trump loses Pennsylvania. He's just up by so many hundred thousands of votes there with well over 80% of the vote counted. If he wins Georgia and North Carolina, which he is winning now, Donald Trump, that's at 264. That's at 264, the same number Joe Biden is supposedly at. Nevada has six. We haven't even counted Alaska. That'll be three, most certainly for Trump. And from every smart person I've talked to outside the brains at Fox, from every smart person I've talked to outside the brains of Fox, you cannot put the 10 or excuse me, the 11 electoral votes of Arizona in Biden's column right now. You cannot do it. There are anywhere between last I read four and six hundred thousand, four hundred and six hundred thousand outstanding ballots to be to be counted in Arizona. So Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, and you're at 264. Alaska gets you 267. Then all you need is Nevada or Arizona or both or both. Cheer up, chin up, stiff upper lip, all that. And give me a call and tell me what you think. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Neither rain nor sleet nor hail. 34 minutes after the hour gives us our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski, Jr. from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. John, how are you? Fantastic. How are you doing, Seth? Good. I tell you, I didn't read anything in my daily history check today about... Because we like to sometimes do this day in uh, history. I did, but... You did. Uh, well, here's what I'm going to tell you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened on this day in history. Right. But I can tell you 10, 5 years, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, this will be a day in history people yes. look back at yes. and say the day the American people didn't know. Uh, yep. You know? We, and we still don't. You're and right. we still don't. Yeah. But the markets knew something, right? Yeah. So that's in- what's curious. Yeah. yeah. Go with that. It's interesting, right? So yeah. we see if you were watching, you know, 
the futures, the, the uh, stock futures last night during the uh, while they were calling the different states, you saw a tremendous swing, and we saw that back uh, four years ago as well. Uh, and we saw the markets this week, uh, after last week's pullbacks, uh, really Monday, Tuesday, and then today, a, a sharp, sharp spike higher. Why is that? Well, even though we don't know who the president ultimately is going to be, and even if it's leaning one way or another right now, uh, there is still that split in Congress. And the split in Congress, of course, is that it looks like the Republicans maintained control over the Senate. Right. And if that's the case, the thought is is that there's not going to be a, a way for one or the other uh, to be able to just run roughshod and just make up policies. And, uh, you know, even if Biden does get to become president, uh, we uh, would assume that he's not going to be able to, you know, it's going to be a rough four years. Raise taxes. Yeah, no, it's going to be a rough thought. four years with that. Senate. Exactly. And that's that's really where where we're at with this. So I think investors looked at that as a positive. They looked at the, the potential of uh, the, the regulation that they were worried about now not being in there. And if that's the case, these uh, the FANG stocks really just took took the lead today, which those were the lags, the laggards last week. So we saw a complete turnaround. And it's it's a positive for investors, and whether no matter which side of the aisle you're on, uh, your 401k went up today. So, um, I th- if my theory is right, that the hard bargaining that Nancy Pelosi was engaged in on stimulus mm-hmm. was because she didn't want to give the president a victory prior to the election. Right. Uh, the election's over. Whoever won doesn't right. matter. Right. Perhaps, perhaps her intransigence will relax. And maybe I think markets or investors were kind of looking at some of that, too. That is to say, more likely to get a deal sooner. Maybe. Very maybe. true. Very true. I, I would imagine that that's all part of this, Seth. And and I would say Wall Street's pretty smart, you know, when it comes to uh, taking advantage of, of, of the what they perceive to be uh, more... Um, What's the word, I guess? Uh, it's more certainty yeah. than uncertainty, right? We yeah. talk about that uncertainty. They don't like it. Yeah. Uh, they must feel pretty confident about uh, what, they're, what they're looking for. Things towards. being okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the only one thing I've ever remembered when I was learning economics is and that would, money is a coward. Yeah, and I would say this, is that yesterday I mentioned that point about selling stock and not coming to the wash right. rule and right. buying it back. So here's a scenario where people may have last week or two weeks ago sold something, and now they're thinking, oh, my gosh, i got to get back in right now. Okay. So here you may have sold something at a, at a value, and you had to pay that. You're going to have to pay the tax on that. You can't just go back in it. And uh, now assume that you own it at at the value you owned it before. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to pay those taxes. And especially if you get in there within that less than 30 days, that's going to even be a bigger, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, potential uh, hit on you. So be very careful when you're doing these types of day trades and and trading on emotion. You have to have a purpose for your uh, when you're trading and when you're investing in the markets. And uh, usually working with an advisor can help you uh, stay on a path. That you that you're comfortable and confident with, uh, even through some really up and down times and and you know some dysfunction out there at times and some uh, real uncertainty as we have had in the past, uh, but you can get through it if you've got some good advice. That was a good post-election report, John. Well, thank you very you much, bet. Seth.
All right. Securities and Advisory Services. Offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and SIPC, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, John Dumbrell. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Talk to you Bye-bye. later. Bye-bye. Okay. I'm Seth Liebson. Debbie Lesko coming right up. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to welcome back Congresswoman Debbie Lesko representing Arizona's 8th Congressional District. First of all, Debbie, congratulations on your reelection. And second of all, thanks for being with us on this important day. Well, thanks, Seth, and, and thanks for the congratulations. I want to thank the God, first of all, and my voters and all of the people that volunteered for me. You bet. So it was it was a good night. And quite frankly, I am getting very optimistic that Trump is going to win Arizona. Yeah. Talk to me about that, because, you know, not even I got to tell you a little secret, Debbie. A lot of my listeners are really frustrated with Fox News right now. I got to tell you, not even CNN has called Arizona for for um, for Joe Biden the way Fox has. Tell me about what's going on in Arizona. Yeah, you know, this morning, when I went to sleep earlier this morning, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, it was looking kind of rough for uh, Republicans uh, statewide. But then I woke up this morning, and it's really tracking towards Republicans. And so I called uh, somebody who's who's in the know. I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, somebody that really knows this stuff and is really involved. And um, that person basically said that if there are 500,000 or more ballots that have to be counted, there's a really good chance that Trump will win Arizona. And at that time, that person had no idea how many ballots were left outstanding and said, really, nobody does because they're just like not counted yet. They're in these big, I don't know, uh, big containers of some sort. And uh, they hadn't been counted, and so nobody really knows. But then I saw that one of our local media at about 1 o'clock this afternoon thinks that there's at least 600,000 ballots that are left to be counted in Arizona. So so anyway, I called the president uh, this morning oh, good. to tell him. And uh, he was he was encouraged by it. And then the vice president called me to congratulate me on my win. So I told him about it. And uh, so they really believe the Trump victory people really believe Arizona um, could go towards Trump. There is really it's not an exaggeration. I'm not delusional or anything like that. This is a real thing. So if that's the case, Congresswoman Lesko, um and Donald Trump wins Pennsylvania, which I don't know why he wouldn't, frankly, uh, given the spread there. And if he pulls out, he pulls it out in Georgia and North Carolina. That's the election. That's the election. Yeah, I mean this this is crucial. This yeah. is this is a national story, and I have no idea why Fox News called it so early last night. I mean, I knew instinctively it was way too early. We had way too many ballots left to be counted, and I have no idea why Fox would not call the other states where there's less ballots outstanding right. that have to be counted, and then they call Arizona. It just it just boggled my mind. And in addition, it was totally opposite of everything I've seen on the ground in Arizona. Right. Everything I've seen led me to believe that uh, Trump was going to win in Arizona. 
I, I, I was with you. Uh, I, my phone started ringing right off the hook, as I'm sure yours did once Fox did that. And I watched them bring in their experts to defend it, the head of it, whose name I'm blanking on, and uh, Chris Steyerwalt, and then one other. And I got to tell you, it just didn't make sense to me what they were saying. I'm not the mathematical whiz they are. I'm not the statistical whiz those three guys are. But, I, it, you know, at a certain point, if it doesn't gel, it, 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 it ain't aspic, as they said in Psycho, right? It just didn't gel for me. So I'm holding, I'm holding out not just hope and not just optimism, but optimistic hope and reality that Arizona ain't, ain't, ain't in the Biden column. Oh, no, no. I think you're, you're exactly right. Arizona, this is not over. And, you know, Governor Ducey put that out on yep. social media yep. last night. Too. Yep. He said that this, that's crazy. I, that I thought he shamed Fox so appropriately. Early. Yeah, no, it yeah. was. It, yeah, it, that, it was that was crazy. No, it was. Needed. I mean, so and not only that, but last, you know, just um, earlier today, David Schweikert was down by, I think, 1,700 votes. But I think he can pull it ahead. Uh, based on, um, you know, so many ballots outstanding and the trend that was going towards Republican. Good. I think he can pull it off. Good. I have him up just a very, very, very little bit right now. So, oh, no, it reversed. You're right. You're right. He's down just a very, very little bit. You're right. My my bad. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Um, Debbie, we picked up some seats generally in your body, the House of Representatives, Yes. Yes, yes. I haven't like fully analyzed it, but I hear that we picked up seats. Plus, uh, earlier today, I saw Kevin McCarthy on on TV, national TV, saying there's 11 seats still pending mm-hmm. that are leaning Republican. So uh, this thing is not over. No, we maintain. No, this is not. That's that's the message I'm trying to convey. I, I don't want people looking down at their shoes. I don't want that. This is not over. I think it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing that we can't do this and have a certainty to it. I, I'm embarrassed for the media. I'm embarrassed for a lot of the uh, the polling organizations. I'm embarrassed for a lot of the um, uh, institutions vested with counting and giving us fair and accurate results. But I am not embarrassed as a Republican right now. And even if we lose, even if, I hope you understand I'm saying even if because I'm not expecting it, but even if we lose, I won't be embarrassed as a Republican. But the idea that this needs to be a raised white flag bias at this point is premature. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, this thing is far from over. Um, what I was told is that we won't know probably till Friday yeah. of this week um, where we are in Arizona, not only on the Trump campaign, but on some of the other races. Okay, so we'll wait a few days, so, I guess. There are worse yeah. things in life. There are worse things in life. I remember. Yeah, and so, yeah. but you're right. There's so many people dejected. Yeah. I was like, they're, they're on Facebook and stuff yeah. saying, oh, how terrible. I'm like, and so I just put a comment yeah. just, Good. just a few minutes ago. This isn't over, Good. folks. Good. Yeah. Steady strain. Hold it. This has not been called. The media does not dictate. The lawyers uh, may have may the lawyers may have to get involved at some point, but I hope they don't dictate. The people here still rule. And uh, and and until all their all their legitimate votes have been counted, uh, we're not putting up any white flags and uh, neither should uh, neither should the other side be celebrating just yet. So, Debbie, again, congratulations. I remember early on in the campaign, they were targeting you pretty heavily. So, uh, well done. Well done. Oh, yeah. No, they went, they went after me. And so, um, 
but hey, you know, I'm I'm a fighter, man. Yes, I may you be are. knocked down for a day or two. Yeah, they you know, tried. Boy, they tried. They, <laughs> tried. they tried. They <laughs> tried. But then I bounce back up and I just get pissed. True. And then grit. I and then I start fighting back. There you go. There you go. Debbie Lesko, God love you. God bless you, and congratulations. Godspeed to <laughs> Thank you, too. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. I'm Seth Leibs, and we'll have a lot more coverage for you when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Robert Graham's going to be in studio with me for the next hour. We'll take your calls together. We'll analyze everything that's going on. It's going to come down to Arizona. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll come down to Arizona. Charles is in Phoenix. Hi, Charles. Hi, Seth. How you doing? Oh, it's nice to hear your voice. I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? Oh, well, I'm getting by as much as I can. Um, you know, I wanted to comment on Fox. I found it all very, very odd last night. I watched I watched Fox, but then after a while, I, I switched over to Newsmax. And just in a side note, Newsmax was saying that when Arizona was called, uh, both Governor Ducey and Donald Trump called Fox and were very angry. But what I thought was odd, you know, Fox has two faces. They have the conservative face, which is a group of people like Sean and Laura and Bongino and those uh, Piro you know, that are the conservatives and the Trump supporters. You but might call it the editorial group. board. Yeah, right. They, they've got a group that I like to call the Murdoch brand. Okay. It okay. seems like it's the, it's the liberals. And they are doing a very odd behavior of really pushing Biden. I mean, it's not a surprise. I mean, I'm not saying any revelation here. They're really pushing Biden to get those those electoral votes and i mean i saw cavuto do it today oh, cavuto is off the charts it was just ridiculous yeah it was off the he charts. he still had the um the arizona called and then he called michigan yeah yeah and i said where did that come from he uh, trump was doing well in michigan and john james is doing well but it was odd last night because brett bear and martha mccallum were quite surprised when they made that call, and of course, as you said, they went to Chris Steyerwald, really grilled him. And then that other guy, he kind of looked like it was really ironic. He looked like another Dr. Fauci. Yeah, he did. That's a good point. And yeah, I thought, yeah, oh, yeah. my God, yeah, we got yeah, another guy that comes out of the woodwork that I know. nobody ever heard of. I know. That everybody's going to listen to. I know. But, you know, I couldn't help but think of another thing. Two or three elections ago when Megyn Kelly was still on the staff, yeah. and she made that famous walk down the hallway to question, and I forgot what the question was with the uh, campaign that year, but she disputed something and went down the hall, and it seemed like Brett Baer was reacting kind of the same way. So well, what's going on here? Yeah. And so I'm very frustrated by. Well, the when the New thing. York Times, Charles, when the New York Times retracts its call to Arizona going in the Biden column, and when CNN won't give Arizona to Biden yet, you do have to ask that. Well, we'll we'll get an assessment from Robert Graham and others. He's going to be with me uh, in studio, taking your calls and talking about all things. Uh, well, I also want to talk to him about the national scene. I mean, he has been heavily involved in this, so it'll be. Great to hear from our good old friend Robert. And take more of your calls, too. 602 Don't go away. We will be right back.